Can you imagine sitting in the pub chatting with your mates only to be interrupted by ads? Well, unfortunately, that does happen here at the Homebrew Pub because we're just trying to keep the lights on. However, if you would like to support us directly and get access to ad-free episodes of the Homebrew Pub, please head on over to our Patreon. You can find a link to that on our website, thehomebrewpub.com, and join our mug club. Again, our website, thehomebrewpub.com. I'll see you in the pub after the next couple of ads. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Homebrew Pub, the only pub in existence where every beer on tap is made by a homebrewer. And on this ethereal plane, the Homebrew Pub will turn into the guest brewer's perfect brew pub. So please come in, grab a stool, and grab a pint. This week uh, to the Brew Pub, I'm actually uh, welcoming two guest brewers. And it is Laurie and Tyler from the Brewed Up Podcast. Hello! Hi! Hi! How's it going? Good! How are you both? Very good. Mm. Um, just, just I was going to say cheers. Yeah. I see you drinking. What are you guys cheers. drinking? Yeah, Laurie, what are you drinking? It looks all I'm just cool. sipping a sample of something I just packaged. Um, but I am going to pop into this later. I don't know how to say it, though. Anyone? Ooh, uh, what is it? It's uh, Aranyabur? You're European, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Orange oh, Boom? Uh, uh, Orange Boom? Orange Boom? Orange Boom? I mean, it's, it's Dutch. It's a Dutch... It's a Dutch... Oh, market. well, if it's Dutch, that's not... That's a whole different scenario. I'm I'm at I am a US citizen, so I'm just gonna blame my being unable to pronounce that on that. And uh Tyler, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking a a bitter. So I was trying to make a best bitter. I think it came out more like an ordinary bitter, but um it is a homebrew that I made and it's still I think it still has some time, mm-hmm. but it tastes pretty good. I like it. Very nice. I like the color. Yeah, it's a gorgeous color. Yeah, it's weird because like some pores come out super clear and some pores are a little hazy. So I think I don't know, maybe the shit's still settling at the bottom of the keg <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> but flavor-wise, it's not bad. Not right. bad. Well, I'm 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 on the European slash British train with you. I'm actually drinking. It gets mentioned way too much. I'm drinking my house beer, which is uh, an English mild uh, that I Ooh. always make. So I try and I try and always have this one on tap, and I serve it like on nitro. But it's just a delightful like have five of these in an evening kind of drink and still be able to get up mm. for work the next day. I like it. What's the ABV? Um, it's honestly it's only about three point eight. Cool. I love that. Yeah. This I, came out to be like three and a half, so it's super nice. sessionable. Did you guys? So, um, and we will talk about brewed up, but I'm actually really interested because I went through this whole period of homebrewing, and certainly when I started, where ABV was king. And it was like, all right, I'm going to make a 7%, I'm going to make 8%, I'm making like a 12% beer called Bad Decision Beer. And now I am like totally on the other end of the spectrum where I'm just like, no, I just want to brew like my three and a half percent beers, which I remember being reading, um, uh, reading experimental brewing by our mutual friends, uh, Denny and Drew. And, um, they had a 3.2% English bitter in there. I want to say it is. And I remember thinking, what's the point, even though I'm English? And now that's all I want to brew. I actually get really mad when my efficiency takes a, a big jump and then it's going to be over like 5%. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Damn you, alcohol, which I'll gladly Damn accept. <laughs> I think Tyler and I, like, we like it. We've always liked it pretty sessionable. I'm mm-hmm. very much afraid of high ABV beers. Mm-hmm. Mostly because two beers in and I'm like, woo, too much. <laughs> Yeah, I was um, I I was talking to someone the other day about a beer I brewed inspired by Spinal Tap, and it's an eleven percent stout, and it was really fun <laughs> to drink, but it was like too fun to drink, and I would drink it while watching the movie, and I'm like a four beers a movie kind of guy, so I was just like out by the time the movie ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I get it. Like, especially when they're super drinkable, high ABV beers, you know, more bang for your buck. But I don't know. I just feel like my I get hangovers very easily. So it's a no go for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys host uh, Brewed Up. Um, do you want to tell everyone about your podcast? Yes, Lori. Lori's like acting all shy, like <laughs> hiding well, behind her microphone. Well, because I'd love to know, like, because uh, if I'm right, and please correct me if I'm wrong, like, Lori, you've brewed for quite a while. Uh, Tyler, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, you got into it, like, just before the pandemic around that time? I'm going on, like, five years. Okay. <clears throat> almost, almost five. So, like, 2018 is when I started, technically. Nice. So, like, how did, I mean, getting into homebrewing, like, how did you guys decide, like, yes, we, we need a podcast about this? I, I, I love that neither one of you want to, like, be like, it was my idea. I, I'm waiting for Lori, because it was her idea. I'm waiting for her to... Well, I, yeah, I mean, look, what else were we going to do? We, we would spend so long talking about it, and... You know, there were some podcasts out there. It just sounded like something, just like a fun way to record our conversations. And and I'll say, like, you know, brewing is a craft. So even looking back at some of our earlier episodes, you know, gosh darn it, why do people go back and listen to the first one? Never do it. I know. Never do it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, it's it's fun and and it's enjoyable, and I think it's um, it's been like cool to have the community around it and being uh connected to homebrewers in different ways and also great excuse to drink a bunch of beer and hang out with your friend and you know yeah i think we we felt like we had something to contribute to the homebrew podcast world Mm -hmm. um and i think i think that's still that's definitely still true like we you know, not just the fact that we're girls, whatever, but we also kind of like you keep it light. We love brewing and we love learning about brewing through talking to people and and uh, just like our own research. Like, well, you know, it's a fun way to an excuse to, you know, let's talk about this on an episode. And then we do a deep dive on, you know, both our ends, reading books and going online, reading art- articles. So it's it's fun. No, I, love it. I also love that. Um, you know, the, I think there are two types of podcasts, and I, you, I would say you guys fall into this camp, and I love it. Is you go so tangential on everything that mm-hmm. something will come up, and you'll just like talk around a subject, but it's really, <laughs> really fun and engaging. And you're like, oh shit, we were actually talking about fermentation temperatures, and here yeah. we are talking about being, I don't know, at the grocery store. And I just think that's so lovely and entertaining because it is like being on a brew day with your brew buddy, and you're like. I mean, when I'm on a brew day with my friends, it's kind of like, all right, we're going to do this, and it's very technical. And then, like, three beers in, we're just shooting the shit and having a good time, and it's lovely. Yeah, we definitely try to have some structure, but at the same time, we're, you know, it's a conversation, and we, you know, approach it as so. So that's cool. Yeah, we like keeping it candid, too. I mean, the fact that we're not, I mean... Look, we've been doing it for a while. We have won some medals, but I would never consider myself an expert in any way. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to not have like, you know, it's it's low it's low pressure if we keep it candid and <laughs> conversational. And... Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I like things that are low pressure personally. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And so, like, in, in doing in doing the podcast, um, you know, I know, so this is my second homebrewing podcast. Um, I know, like, when I started just getting into podcasting and, and relating it to homebrewing, like, my last one, it totally impacted on how I brewed beer and, and how I thought about recipes. And we want a very technical podcast. Um, we were a podcast where we were you know taking books and movies we liked and brewed beers inspired by it which is why we did like the spinal tap 11 percent um stout but it really pushed my brewing into like an insane direction um reinheitsgebot has no place in my house <laughs> let's just put it that way 
so like in doing in doing the podcast and like choosing those topics that you want to talk about or having like some amazing guests on like how has that impacted how you guys have like approached your brew days approached your brewing equipment approached recipes um basically the whole caboodle well i would say that i mean we've been able to ask questions of guests that you know things i've always been curious about things that come up in that minute you know and in our experience we've had some really generous um engaging guests on people that are not like being weird or gatekeepers about information people that speak from experience um and it's it's been a real delight you know it's it's i mean i i I like it. I, th I think there's a big benefit to it as a home brewer to have the podcast. It also gu guides our brewing if we're brewing for episodes um, and things like that. Or I always stop Tyler and have her like re-explain things to me and it's super helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, like on the same on the same note as Lori, um, definitely giving me the motivation to dig a lot deeper in terms of um, brewing uh, literature like I, I always loved reading um, I stopped for a while because I don't know you just stop at one point right you, mm -hmm. you graduate from college and then you like stop reading for some reason and <laughs> recently <laughs> recently like if you looked at my my library at home it's basically a bunch of brewing books and I like really learning about you know the history of beer from like certain countries and traditions and stuff and doing episodes on these certain topics is super fun and then you know our podcast having a little bit of a following we'd be able we've been able to connect like Lori said with you know actual experts um mm -hmm. ask them questions mm -hmm. and go brew with them and um it's been cool in that way so I'm always pushing myself no matter what like whether I had the podcast or not I'm always pushing myself to brew better and to learn more um podcast is definitely a, a nice extra touch in terms of like networking and connecting within the the brewing community yeah no totally agree i mean doing this i've met like some amazing people including yourselves um oh, <laughs> <laughs> i say I've, I've listened for a long time i'm a big fan um and yeah it's it's been great to like just connect with people who have that knowledge and as you say like not be gatekeepers if anyone who listens is in a facebook group with me i apologize for what i'm about to say but i really hate the facebook homebrewing groups if i'm completely honest because the you can post one comment in there and then 20 people are just gonna like dunk on you for like no reason yeah i will I say do that yeah <laughs> I, I will say like we you know we'll post stuff in our stories about our brew days and mm -hmm you know undoubtedly somebody will pop in there hey like you know they see something weird you know weird in the corner of the photo and they're like yeah. um you you know you don't have to do that or you know like if have you ever tried this like i'll try and it's just like ah. you know like that's She's i think that's Yes, we get a lot of mansplainers in our DMs. Right, well, we're allowed to use that. I, well, I, I, <laughs> like I would actually, and, and I'm aware I'm a dude asking this, you know, so I just want to be very careful how I approach the topic. But like, I like that you didn't mansplain mansplanations. <laughs> thank you, but like, I mean, if, if we if we like do call it out, like you are you are two lady brewers who have a podcast, um, in a mm -hmm. very male dominated dominated hobby like how do you like deal with i'm sure you get plenty of mansplainers i mean i get annoyed enough at people like coming after me and i'm one of them so <laughs> how do you like deal like with that like i mean i'm sure it's going to be really frustrating well yeah. um don't mind andrew i found that <clears throat> when you get that type of energy the ego is already pretty delicate and it's not really something to it, it gets me fired up. Tyler puts up with it um, far better than I do. And I also believe that she encounters it much more given her, her job situation. But I have learned to now just keep it neutral mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I do want listeners and I do want people to come around and realize that other humans that aren't 
a certain type of human can can brew. For example, I did post on the Facebook group the other day, um, if anyone had, like, a question. And instead of answering a question, someone's like, well, you need to be careful with this because blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> see? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's not, it's just something that is going to happen. And so we kind of have to, like, case by case kind of figure out mm -hmm. how to maneuver it. Um, I personally feel like once you put it out in the world that you know something, like people are just gonna challenge you no matter what. Yeah. So that's why, you know, Lori keeps emphasizing like keeping it casual, whatever. I technically own a brewery, co-own a brewery, and like <laughs> I still do not claim to know everything like i'm still learning so much and trying to learn and trying to like you know perfect my skill but like someone seeing me with this you know like she said job situation or whatever it's like oh okay she owns a brewery she knows everything and if i post something weird it's like okay well blah, blah, blah. so you know it is what it is it's just annoying but to those out there listening just know that you know i'm i can accept critical or what is it called um creative no god uh, what is it called what is it called like constructive it. criticism thank you <laughs> and suggestions like i'm not super opposed to that but when it comes from a place of like ego it's just like man yeah such a turn off you know yeah and it's and it's a shame because i think like the community as a whole is really really awesome like i've met a ton of mm -hmm. really great people doing this but you know, there, there will be times that, you know, like, I've posted, like, oh, I made this beer, and the first just the first comment will be, like, that sounds gross. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I, I, I think I've already told this story, but I, I posted, like, one of my favorite beers I make is a jelly donut. It's a raspberry vanilla biscuit ale. And this guy was like, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> and all I could do was just write to him again, so I guess you don't want the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, actually, I do. I'm like, all right. <laughs> fun i will say yeah it's definitely not just you know obviously women get in comments like that like i'll you know i follow a bunch of homebrewers on instagram and somebody will post something and i'll i'll go to the comments and dudes just want to be like assholes man it's crazy and it's like we're all just making well, the same I drink well i want to point out two things i want to point out two things a not everything translates not everything hits when it's typed online. Yeah. So it's possible, sure. you know, um, sometimes there's a communication barrier. And in my other life, I'm a, I'm a ceramicist and that is an area that is really dominated by older white women mm -hmm. that I have found. And, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes the conversation will get a little like know-it-all-ish, you yeah. know, and <clears throat> I think the thing about homebrewing and sometimes like if you're, you know, an artist and you, you work on your own is that sometimes you're kind of doing things almost in an, in a vacuum Yeah. and both, both things can be true. I feel like a lot of our knowledge is, is simply anecdotal. If you've ever looked at, you know, everything is different. Every batch is different. It's, it's, you'll never really know exactly, exactly why something happened unless you spent a ton of money Mm -hmm. to get it evaluated or something but yeah. that's what i was tripping today <laughs> <laughs> well and i think like you know everything comes down to process as well like, i think that's the big thing that you know we've definitely thought about it on this before but you give two brewers the exact same recipe the exact same water they do everything exactly the same the beers are going to be different they might taste like very very similar but they're going to be slightly different based on the brewer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's you know i would say like there's probably like some very very wrong ways to do things to the point of like not sanitizing your equipment but if you kind of know what you're doing there's really no right or wrong way to approach brewing or any hobby as long as you're getting like that total enjoyment out of it totally yeah as long as you get drunk well, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, working at a homebrew store is super interesting because the 
the vast mm-hmm. variety of you know styles of homebrewers that I get to encounter is it's interesting like and you know people ask questions like hey I did this and da 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 and man you know I'm not gonna lie some of these things that I hear people do are like whoo okay <laughs> <laughs> who gave you this information <laughs> and you know obviously it's our job to just try and help and and solve their problems and stuff but mm-hmm. like yeah like you said processes everything everyone does it differently and like as long as a final product is something you enjoy and it was fun then yeah that's that's it you know so good to ask then being in a homebrew store what are the categories of homebrewers i actually find that really because <laughs> i just kind of lump us all into one so god um i mean there's probably i mean there's obviously like the super entitled like douchebag that's <laughs> Do you guys have like this brand of malt that like only like would never exist in a homebrew store? It's like, you know, we're a homebrew store. We get what we get. Yeah. And it is what it is. Like stop being trying if you want like a specific ingredient or if you want your, you know, grain mill to a certain thing, like get your own mill and like order your shit online. I don't care. Yeah. Um and then there's like the super new brewer who doesn't know anything, obviously. That's kind of like a no-brainer try and help them get set up um there's the person that comes in isn't technical at all brews the same thing like every single time and is like i just like fucking love this beer so i'm gonna <laughs> brew it a million times a year Good for them. <laughs> so yeah it's like this guy comes in and he gets like the red ale like extract kit every single time yeah and he's just like i just love his beer so why would I brew something else, you know? Good for him, bro. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so there's, yeah, there's different, all different kinds, and it's fun. It's fun interacting with, with everyone, for the most part. <laughs> Unless they're rude. <laughs> Unless they're rude. We get some rude people. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> then one of my favorite things I saw was uh, when the pandemic was starting, Colorado was about to go into lockdown, and this is when we thought it would be like a two-month thing in those sweet innocent days and i went to my local brew shop and i was like all right i'm gonna make two or three batches of um like basically quarantine beer and um got all my ingredients and the wait was so long because there were so many people buying homebrew and winemaking kits because they'd also announced that the liquor stores were gonna go we're gonna go closing as well we had like a four-hour <laughs> prohibition in colorado um and it was just like it was it was awesome to see like these people like asking all the questions and trying to learn everything they could as quick as they could from um these experts uh but it was also like wow i'm literally waiting here 40 minutes to buy my grain i'm putting the yeast back in the fridge so... <laughs> yeah we were busy <laughs> yeah so doing doing the podcast, like, what has been like some of the most important lessons you've learned from like the guests you've had on? Oh man, that's a good question. A good question. <laughs> I, I try. <laughs> um, I don't know, Lori. Can you? I mean, obviously, we've talked to a lot of amazing people and learned a lot of cool stuff. I'm trying to pinpoint. My memory is like not the best. Yeah, we've, we've talked to a range of people from, you know, brewery owners to, you know, just people in the industry or people that are doing different things. And we kind of assembled like a an eclectic group of people that we interview from influencers to, you know, scientists and engineers. Um, but I think that the, the common thread would be you know, everyone's kind of interested in, in doing this. And I just think persistence. I mean, everyone that we've interviewed is, you know, failed, fucked up, <laughs> made mistakes. <laughs> You're really selling them. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think of people just kind of uh, led with what they what they like and yeah. and what and what they uh, not necessarily what they're good at but what they wanted to be good at based on what they like and what they're passionate uh, about yeah yes um, and just being gentle on themselves but also just working hard I mean most people was a side hustle I think that was another thing that I that I recognize that it's 
you know, you can't just be like, wake up one day and like transition into something in beer, you know, usually mm-hmm. kind of, you know, happens different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like we've, inter- yeah, we've definitely talked to some people that have been in the, in the game for really, really long time and have, you know, dealt with, you know, learning how to brew and, nothing really was available which is really cool and women that have dealt with stuff in the industry that sucks Mm -hmm. but they're you know we're all kind of just moving through it persevering and just all trying to be good people (laughs) at the end of the day so (laughs) most of us (laughs) (laughs) most of us are trying (laughs) yeah no it's i mean when when all the the stuff came out was it it was it last summer um everything started really coming out um for women in the industry summer before was it the summer before wow it's been that long yeah that's Mm -hmm. crazy yeah because that was just heartbreaking yeah yes that was i mean it's not just beer too so yeah, yeah completely it goes against the ethos of beer which is i think partly why it's so like shitty yeah and it's just like one of those things where you know I mean, we, me and Lori were certainly not oblivious to any of these things. Obviously, some of these stories are far beyond like yeah. our knowledge, but the the general underlying thing is like, yeah, like, duh. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I feel like our experience is definitely studded with. Uh, you know, being either being objectified or, you know, commented on or, you know, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. But I think for me personally, and I believe I also kind of speak for Tyler when I say like, we're in Southern California and we're part of a, a homebrew club that's pretty much used diversity as it's, as it's kind of guiding uh, mission. Mm -hmm. So uh, for us, it's been, we've had actually a lot of really, really supportive male allies as home brewers. And I think that's been really cool as well. That's Not because awesome. they're male, but like just because they're, they're, you know, been home brewing and people are willing to share information in like a very kind and respectful way. And mm-hmm. it's been really, really nice. That's awesome. And what, what's the name of your homebrew group for anyone in California who's listening? It's called SoCal Cerveceros. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a great group of people. Um, and I mean, in fact, I can't speak for Lori, but like the way I joined was the president at the time, um, Ray Ricky Rivera, had DM'd me directly through Instagram when I followed the the SEC account. And he was like, just probably noticed that I'm a woman, you know, brewing or whatever. He's like, hey, come to our next meeting. We need like we would love more women in our club like just being like straight up like we want more women in our club like please come to a meeting meet us do 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 and that kind of approach was really cool to me you know i didn't expect it at all but it it got me to to go and now you know we've both been board members and super involved and i don't i've never experienced anything weird from that homebrew club and i can't say that i can't say the same about other (laughs) homebrew clubs in the area like there's one or two that are a little uh, but um sec is yeah it's a great group of guys gals Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth so how big is it how many members I mean, currently, so I am the current director of membership. I should know this off the top of my head, but I think of all time, it's actually almost at 300. In terms of like active members, we're looking at maybe like half that. So like 100, like 20 or 25 or something like that. So it's 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 good. We have a lot of active people too. And for our non-California listeners, it's SoCal Cervicera. So it covers a a range and we have people that join the club that live in mexico northern mm-hmm. california nevada um we yeah so yeah it's spread out <laughs> it's, not, it's not as like, regional as most we don't really operate on that like it's not as regional as most as most homebrew clubs are yeah yeah also i can't help but notice behind you Tyler, there's a fermenter that's full <laughs> <laughs> If you could see the rest of my room, you'd be like, oh, shit, because there's a, yeah, there's a little cat, too. Aw. 
Hey, kitty. Um, yeah, that carboy over there in between the kegs. I, were you going to ask me what's in it? I, I would like to know what's in it. <laughs> so actually, that one's interesting because it's a 50-50 blend of a beer that I, I barrel-aged and then... My boyfriend also barrel aged something. So he has a gin barrel and I have a whiskey barrel. And I don't know. Honestly, it was the first beer I put in there. It's just like a brown beer with like wild yeast and Britannomyces. And honestly, I just put it in there to like get rid of the whiskey <laughs> flavor so that the next thing would be, you know, I could put something light in there. Yeah. It came out okay though. And so he put, you know, we just blended a 50 50 with each of our barrel aged beers. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just sitting there now. <laughs> That's very cool. I've never, I've aged in a whiskey barrel. I've not aged in a gin barrel. So I'm excited to try that. Yeah, it's interesting. Ooh. I'll send you a bottle once we bottle Ooh, it. Please, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what else do you guys have fermenting? Um, so to my left <laughs> is... <laughs> I've got 10 gallons uh, behind me bubbling right now, so I get this. That's, that's cool. <laughs> So to my left is actually a double IPA. It's like a test batch for the the brewery that I lead brew for. Um, kind of like wanting to update the recipe a little bit. So I brewed that. And then I have a Belgian blonde um, almost done fermenting outside in the living room. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And that's like a classic recipe that I've brewed a bunch. And I think it's really good. So I just wanted to. Yeah. Very nice. Laurie, what have you got? Um, today I just packaged a raspberry saison cider, Ooh. which I think turned out really good. I took um, a Bell's, or actually, no, it was like Fermentus 134, just a Fermentus dry yeast, and a package of Premier Cuvet, Cuvet, no, mm, Premier Cuvée, mm-hmm. Red Star Premier Cuvée, mm-hmm. and I mixed them, and then I pitched on just commercial juice and added raspberries. So I'm very pleased with that. That's cool. Um, I have an American, yeah. Um, Tyler and I are doing a little uh, yacht club fundraiser with some beers later this month, so I'm excited <laughs> to serve it up. Yacht we're, we're, club we're all doing and... like some like funky head <laughs> movements. I just want yeah. to go on a sailboat. So <laughs> ladies with a boat, men with a boat, come anyway. Um, I also have an American IPA <clears throat> in my, you know what, actually, I want to ask you about this later, Tyler. I'm getting something called, I believe, called Suckback. Yes. We, it's we kind can, of fucking with you. We can talk about <laughs> Suckback if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was out, I was at her house the other day and I was like, Lori, this fermenter, I mean, this uh, airlock is like almost completely empty like you probably should (laughs) fill it up and then but it's weird because i mean is it is it cold crashing or what temperature is it normal i I just think it's so warm and it's like a glycol like a a fermenter with the glycol robot arms Mm laurie got the cool glycol uh, grain grain father system (laughs) you fancy you fancy (laughs) <laughs> and I just, I think it's just such an extreme thing. But what keeps happening is my fucking husband keeps <laughs> walking past it and bonking the controller. And then it, I like, when you put, like, it doesn't crash slowly. It goes kind of fast and it sucks. And also it's been really hot. So I think the airlock has evaporated. But I'm stupid, and I was I didn't like that, so I like kind of like let it out, like I pulled the cork to kind of oh, no. let it. Yeah, see, you probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I mean it's probably fine. Relax, you know don't gonna worry. Do? Have a homebrew. I'm gonna naturally condition it with honey, and Ooh. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you? Because I I when when I was trying to do lagering the traditional way, I kept getting sucked back because. My, my beer was going from, like, whatever it was, like, 68 down to 54. Um, and I used the Plato um, airlock adapters that technically prevent suckback. Have you heard Go of ahead. these? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, like, soup, they're like 10 to 15 bucks on, I think, get them on Amazon. Um, but it's, you, you put, like, that thing in your, um, in, like, your, your bung, and then you put your airlock 
in that. And so when the uh, when the hot air and the cold air are doing whatever creates a suckback, because I am not a scientific person, um, science, science, <laughs> it has. It <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It has a valve, so it stops the. It doesn't create enough pressure for the sanitizer to go back into the work. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. Right, I'm gonna have to guggle that. I saw someone put a balloon on it, and I'm still. I've seen that before as well. Trying to figure out what the deal is, but whatever. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Do you sanitize kinda, the inside of the balloon? Yeah, it's kind of blow it weird. with your breath? I don't get it. <laughs> you probably want to do it with the CO2. I'm bummed because this beer smelled so stinking good while yeah. it was fermenting. So we'll see. There's just been some extreme temperature ch changes. Um, some possible sanitizer and vodka slapping into the distiller into the fermenter so oh, you'll we'll just, be we'll fine find. that's It'll fine. Be a fun summer beer yeah. fun fact i i brewed a i brewed a martin in march oh so mm. traditional um <laughs> martin in march and i put the fermenter in the ice of the, the freezer test freezer with uh, a blow off into a, a I have a liter like um, stein glass stein that's what I usually use for like a blow off mm -hmm. and kind of just was like didn't think and like started crashing it because I I mean I live in a really hot area there's no way it's like gonna be you know 50 degrees coming out so I crashed it and then when I checked it like probably half a cup of the sanitizer <laughs> was gone <laughs> I was like <gasps> Look. Look. Fast forward to now, it's kegged, carbonated, tastes great. So. There you go. Delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, if, it, if it's sanitizer or vodka, you're probably fine. Yeah, vodka. Nice yeah. <laughs> the, the thing I had a hard lesson on is that with with what I'm blowing off into, sometimes I'll just reuse the 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 sanitized water that's in there. And it had a really lively one that like a bunch of yeast got into it and I didn't think mm. of it. And so then I did the next one and there was suck back and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it was, let's just say that got dumped. Yeah. <laughs> I love good raw homebrew conversation. Yeah. It's like a mix, yeah, mix blend culture fermentation. Yeah. yeah. Wait, did you taste it? It was no good. It, it, was, it was no good. He said no. Yeah, but you know, I mean, like, we, I mean, that that's the great thing about this, this hobby, though, like, and again, kind of what we were talking about earlier, everyone could do things differently, you can make a mistake, and you're still going to end up with something awesome. Like, is it, like, technically perfect? Probably not. Is it something awesome your friends are going to enjoy? <laughs> yeah. What'd you say, sir? I don't know if awesome is the word to use, but... <laughs> Hey, uh, I I do know someone who dealt with the same suckback situation. <laughs> Fucking that phrase, suckback. <laughs> it does sound rather and filthy, doesn't it? <laughs> they won. They won like this huge competition, like first place. And he was like, yeah, like half a liter of, of sanitizer went into that <laughs> IPA. I was like, God damn. So now he doesn't you. like empty his fermenter of sanitizer. Like when he like, <laughs> he's just like half a liter. All right, let's let's rack onto this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That is the annoying part is like when you make a bunch of mistakes and the bur the final beer is perfect you're like oh do i have to like redo those mistakes yeah. to make it the same <laughs> yeah i'm wow. i'm currently fermenting so i'm i'm entering a competition it's the first time i'm actually entering into a non-experimental category because it's like all right i actually want to do something where um you know people are actually going to taste the beer for what it is as opposed to like i don't like earl gray um and i've made this beer before you mean, you're brewing to style yeah like i'm doing i'm doing an american blonde whereas all my other beers are like um experimental throw tea bags in them throw like whatever else and this is the most paranoid I've ever been over a beer. And I've made it so many times in the past, but this time it's like, no, everything has to be absolutely perfect. Like, we've got to get this, got to do the right amount of sanitizer, not just break it down. It. Tell us about your, your American blonde. It's super simple. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's something like, I want to say it's nine pounds of Pilsner and then one pound of caramel 10. 
and then oh. it's cascade hops and it's half an ounce at the 60 and then half an ounce at the 15 and then um it's just a y yeast american ale yeast it's super simple super clean and the reason That's i cool. designed it that way was the original design was to um be able to put uh fruit syrup in it so if you wanted to have like a raspberry blonde so it was kind of like stealing the blinavice idea um but then just like screwing around with with a blonde um that came out rather wrong i apologize um but <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even i didn't even touch that. Makes you screw around with the blonde <laughs> yeah, you know it's fine um so yeah that's that's kind of like the very so i'm like trying to be very technical with it and actually have like oh, wait i'm sorry so sorry to interrupt do you mean like like when you have like a traditional berliner weiss and they give you like the, the syrup, the syrup yeah with it? yes i love that and you do it in a brown, and it was uh, originally it was called a skittle brow um like from that simpsons i didn't know that that's what it was we literally had a a beer at a homebrew festival with skittles (laughs) nice how was it wait it was good so skittle brows a thing it's not just well it's a simpsons joke and i was designing it for a simpsons reference so it was so it was kind of like oh let's make because it's the whole thing about apu do you have uh beer made with skittles i think it's called skittle brow and he's like no it doesn't exist he's like oh give me a six pack and a bag of skittles and so that was like the whole design of the beer was like take something pretty um i don't want to say bland is not the word but like something pretty like kind of just basic and and nice Mm -hmm. neutral thank you that's the word and then just be able to mess around with like fruit syrup so you could have like raspberry and blackberry strawberry um and it was really fun that's awesome. Taylor makes an awesome blonde, by the way. I haven't made it at home in forever, but we've been <laughs> we've been brewing it commercially at uh, oh. our friends at Brujeria, and with raspberries. And oh, it's nice. Cool. That's yeah. Cool. Are you using fresh or are you using um, are you using mm-hmm. flavors? Fresh, frozen, fresh, fresh raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one was fresh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's, fr- a, it's kind of more of like a Kolsch though. We use Kolsch yeast. We use like mm-hmm. kind of German hops, Pilsner, Munich. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 a blonde. We'll call yeah. it a blonde. I like it. Okay. Well, and if you freeze the fruit, isn't it? It breaks down the sugars way better as well as that mm-hmm. the the thing. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of frozen That's fruit good. these days. I just throw it in frozen. <laughs> it works perfectly. It works great. Yeah. Well, I mean, the boiling's going to warm it up. It's fine. Yeah. Do I you... recently did a sh- the strawberry. I did strawberries on it. That was the most recent one, and I just threw frozen strawberries in there, and it was pretty rad. Nice. It was cool. How do you, I mean, if you're throwing them in, like, how are you dealing with, like, um, at the end of the boil, all that crap at the bottom of, of the kettle? No, I mean throwing them in the fermenter. Oh, you're throwing them in the fermenter. So then yeah. my question becomes, how are you getting them Those out with all the, the crap in them? So... Bags. Just these mesh bags. Yeah. <laughs> That's Fair a enough. pain. But, or a cold crash or something like that. But yeah. there's ways. There's ways. I'm still trying to figure out um, a kind of a West Malay Dubel kind of beer i've made it twice i've had some problems and um yeah that um <laughs> that's the worst beer you've made is that the worst beer so... or is that the beer you're it was ready to so good. <laughs> well i made it a second time to try to make it better and added <sighs> i just don't feel i just don't feel right admitting this but added, <laughs> this um, is a safe space is it though? The you know I was <laughs> cooling and my efficiency was off, and I'm like such a little uh, wuss about ABV, and I was like, I don't really want this to be you know nine percent. So I added water, but it wasn't. It was water from like the water store, so it was in like a reusable water container, and I feel like there was some contamination. Oh no! There, I said it. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely use like a can contamination also once i <laughs> once i packaged a cider i thought it, before i brewed beer i was like i was like pretty much all ciders but once i packaged a cider and i was um desperate for bottles and i i still had like a gallon and a half and i was like oh shit and i'm like trying to 
to to get old bottles. I'm like going through the recycling, and I actually um, was packaging bottles. And we had had a party like a month before, and basically I packaged a cider in a bottle with a cigarette butt in the <laughs> bottom up. <laughs> Yummy. So delectable. <laughs> I don't know if I knew this. That's so funny. I love that. Well, I, I kind of want to ask you a question on that. Is, you know, I remember when I first started brewing and like doing extract and everything. And they're like, all right, so you do this and here's your amount of waters. And I was following everything to the T. And they're like, and once you packaged it, if you're not quite up to five gallons, top up with the hose. And I would not do that now. No, thank no. you. Yeah, but I remember doing it and being like, this is fine. And I'm sure like the homebrew tang came partly from that so yeah it just strikes me as kind of extra funny that from the water store you got a contaminant and i'm sorry well the water store you take your jugs back and keep getting them refilled yeah. so i mean they kind of like put a shot in there of sanitizer but they're not like scrubbed or yeah yeah if you buy water from the store the the gallon sealed you know mm-hmm better <laughs> Mayhor. Yeah. what about your brew pub name Lori um I would open to make it easy I would open <laughs> a sandwich restaurant called the Sammy Shack and <laughs> it wouldn't be a brew pub it would be a illegal speakeasy with weird mead and cider and beer I love it back that, that's also the most Californian thing I think I could ever hear. Like, it sounds like you're just walking on the beach, like, oh, the Sammy Shack, I'll go in. And then you say the wrong code word, like, I'll have a provolone sandwich. And then all of the second you're like rushed in the back to like drink illegal mead. If you order the provolone special, you get <laughs> the provolone special. <laughs> The ceiling just opens, and you're like, oh my oh, god. <laughs> a little ladder pops down. Why are they pouring it out of a radiator? It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> pickle jars. <laughs> so, Tyler, what about you? What's, what's, like, the worst beer that, like, or the worst brew day? Oh, man. Um, you know, luckily, I've been blessed to not have an infected beer to this point and now i think the next beer i make is probably gonna be infected (laughs) (laughs) um but i have burnt a beer um and that was awful and the way i burnt it was i have a rims tube that i run the wart through during the mash it's like a recirculating mash and it wasn't i was still dialing it in so basically i made a german pilsner that tasted like uh, not the good kind of smoky. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a Rauch beer gone wrong. It was a wrong beer. It was wrong. It was so bad. And it was very sad because I, I, I don't know. It was just sad. What a waste. You know, I lagered it. I was like, I think it'll probably be okay. No, it was not okay. <laughs> um, and I've made like plenty of bad beer, but that was probably the worst one. Yeah. Very, very heartbreaking. Um, and then as far as brew pub, honestly, I'm so boring. I would just call it Tyler's Brew and call it a <laughs> <laughs> Just have like five really good beers to style, like a small little, you know, brew setup, brew house, okay, like three yeah. barrel. And, yeah. yeah. Hot, uh, do- hot dog lady comes through. <laughs> yes. I love how we've just gone from like the, the sandwich shack that's a speakeasy to a hot dog lady just walking through a brew pub. Yeah, that's the difference that. between me and Lori. Yeah. Like, I'm so boring. You love exciting. the bacon wrapped hot dog, baby. Yes, yes. Who doesn't? It's so it's good. Hero. With that being said, then, you know, we obviously we add a beer to our tap list every episode. Do you guys have a beer that you would like to share with the listeners that we can put in the show notes? Yeah, I'm like, what beer do I feel confident? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, like, I don't, how many, how many do you have right now? How many, um... Um, as of time of recording, we're up to, like, 
22, 23. Wow. Like, what, what categories are lacking? I was going to say, what are you, is there like a bunch of IPAs? No, or... I'm not giving you a pale ale. On, honestly, I've been pleasantly surprised. I've had like a couple of Kentucky Commons, which surprised me. Um, and then we've had uh, we've had porters, we've had stouts. The the amazing mm -hmm. thing is, uh, I'll be which I think is great about, and this is why I love talking to homebrewers and having them add beers to this tap list is, even though you get two Kentucky uh, common recipes, for example, they're totally different. And you know, yeah. one person's pale ale is not a pale ale to another person so i wouldn't mm. say i think our most controversial style and i think i've had someone add this is a new england ipa there's a like great controversy in this podcast apparently about new england ipas like people come on and i i i had one guy who was like so pro them and someone who was so anti them it was kind of wonderful you um what? time to hate guys you know Just it's like what you like a little juicy hazy it's a beautiful thing so yeah. yeah i would say i mean i think and we've had sours yeah we've had a berlin of ice and we, we've had we've had sours. so you know from the from the bjcp standpoint i couldn't tell you what categories we've had um but no we've, we've got ones that run the gamut so which okay. whichever light beers you're, you're proud of I mean, I've added. Uh, I mean, I've added my uh, house beer to to the to the tap list because I keep talking about it. It sounds really good. Oh, Mild, yeah. yeah. I've never. So yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys the recipe because it's really really fun. It's super. I would simple. love to make it. Right on. Um shit, I don't know. I'll just I'll give you the Belgian blonde recipe because I think it's. Guys, so good. Straightforward. It's good. And not, I don't know, not many, not too many people make them. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, hopefully you're not going to ask me to like say the recipe now because I don't remember. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Like, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes so people can like brew and drink along with us. We've actually had um, a couple of listeners brew beers that, um, you know, have been featured, which has been really awesome to, oh, to see. That's so, cool. so um, yeah, no, we'll be putting the recipe in, in the show notes so you don't have to um recite it right now but like is there any tasting notes for it that uh you think are particularly awesome um belgian. i know <laughs> it's belgian -y. It's, it's a it's a subtle belgianiness um but no it's it's i mean in terms of alcohol content it's actually pretty it's up there um it's probably like i mean not up there but it's like six and a half seven but it doesn't taste boozy. The Belgianiness is subdued because I fermented actually pretty cold at mm. like 66, 67. I will say the yeast choice for me is important because I feel like it does give it a very like, you know, it's subtle, but it's still a very complex like fermentation profile. Um, and it's just the uh, Belgian LA from Omega yeast, which is good. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it's just like, yeah, super easy drinking and I don't know. I love it. Nice. It's tasty. And Laurie, what about you? I think I would be evangelical about people making a cider. So I'll pass along a very simple cider recipe. Um, yeah, I usually just buy juice from the supermarket and pitch yeast and sometimes add fruit or hops. How, how much of that are you making at a time? Are you like buying five <laughs> gallons worth of like simply squeezed juice or like? Wow, simply. What do you think I, I am? I, you know, I'm, I'm just going with the juice I'm drinking. Wow. I, I just get the one that says no pulp, which in the UK says no bits because I am a child. So <laughs> no bits. No bits. Um, I love. There's a couple different routes you can go. I mean, call me basic. I just like uh, Kroger, Safeway, Ralph's, whatever. Mm -hmm. They haven't if they have an organic uh, organic apple juice, I'll use it. I a lot of apple juices have um, ascorbic acid added to it. It's like a it's like a preservative. It's mm. and then they'll it'll say like added vitamin C, which I, I guess is good, but I prefer not to use it. But you can um, just five gallons of that. Packet of dry yeast. Have you ever made a cider, Andrew? 
I made one from a kit, so it did have no, like the, the bladder no. off side. No. <laughs> it, do you know where it gets worse? It was a Go Christmas gift for our course. friends. So yeah. like I made our I made our friends like she drinks cider, so I was like, alright, I'll just buy this kit and Make five gallons was of it, cider, and here you go. Was it, was it a mang mangrove jacket? Like the the it's like a sack. Oh god. Yeah, it was so like weird. a bladder of juice. <laughs> bladder, yes. A bladder of juice, and then it's like you add like your various chemicals in at a certain point, and it was really boring. Like you fill it up with tap water, and um, she really liked it. Personally, for me, I like cider. <laughs> I feel the judgment. Yes, and we're well. No, we've made those kits, and just um, we love our sponsor BSG. We love BSG. I love Mangrove Jack stuff, but um, that makes, in my opinion, like a very American style, like a very sweet style. Yeah, you're not making the scrumpy Jack style. I like it when it tastes kind of like a like a champs or sparkling wine. Fair enough. Bone dry, bubbly. So, so in the UK, like a rite of passage is going to get drunk in a field, drinking either Strongbow or White Lightning cider, and it's just like the sweetest carbonated thing. But you can buy it in like a two-liter bottle, like it's a bottle of Coke. And yes. I physically cannot drink that stuff anymore. Mm -mm. It's too sweet. Strongbow is pretty heavy. Yeah, well, it it just brings up bad memories of too much strong <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like cider cider scaries mm -hmm. <clears throat> we're gonna go juice and we're gonna go some champagne yeast or some saison yeast Ooh, saison would be fun. Days. Mm -hmm. put some fruit on it or fucking don't or put some hops <laughs> on it or fucking don't and then just natch i like to naturally condition okay and so then because i know with the the kit i had like it was like at uh, day three at uh, like you had the clay that you had to put in at the beginning or was that like wine the, like bentonite oh i might be thinking of wine i was gonna say that that sounds What's like wine, wine? <laughs> the the kits you make them exactly the same it's like right. juice yeast water yeast, water yeah. other crap and that's how you made cider it makes sense because you're like you put chemicals in the cider. I'm like, what would they have you <laughs> put in a cider? They, they like, put what? the alcohol in there. Yeah. yeah. I was actually reading. Well, I was reading a story by uh, the beer writer Peter Brown, and he was talking about when he did marketing. Um, he was marketing a beer, and they were talking about, all right, so we're going to market it as fresh and healthy, organic, like for like ingredients, all of this stuff. And this must have been like mid late nineties, I think, is what I'm guessing. And all these people were like, "No, we want the ones with the chemicals in it." And it's just like, <laughs> "No, nobody." So, which I think yeah. Carling Black Label did have chemicals in it, so you felt like you had more of a hangover than you actually did. Yeah, I, I feel like in general, humans like stuff with the chemicals, preservatives. Mm -hmm. Us in LA, people are just weird. They're like. Mm -hmm. I want that organic. You know what? Yeah, I want that organic water from the water store. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Super right. organic. Yeah. But organic compounds. Yeah. <laughs> Although I had never seen a water store until like my last trip to California. Honey, you gotta go to the water store. Is it? Like <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rivers gonna dry up. I know. The other water we have is very salty. Yeah, yeah they're all over, you know. Um, taps yeah. not the greatest. Yeah. Not out here. It's not, not out here. Um, I'll shit on... It's worse in San Diego. I'll shit on them right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Damn. That's I, why San Diego makes all the hazies. I'm just... Oh! <laughs> and now we're back to the New England IPA wars. I'm joking. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, it's I've we're done. I've been drinking too much. Sorry. I was gonna say, Tyler, do do you want to like you know punch back? Like your water sucks, and that's why you make ciders out of a kit. I mean, I don't know. I don't live in San Diego. <laughs> oh, I thought you did. I thought that was. I thought I thought that's why the argument was happening. No, we're no, we're just no. we're. I'm just making a joke. Fair we enough. live like 
what 20 15 20 mi- yeah. miles apart from each other yeah very nice i live on the top of la she lives on the bottom oh very cool i do love LA. to make things mm-hmm. easier so wait where are you are you in you're not in england you're in colorado i'm or in are colorado you in yeah okay yeah. You know, I would trust I would trust the tap water in Colorado. Actually. Oh, that's oh, where oh, it's getting there. Yeah, but it's how it's treated. Mm. So what I've discovered is I now am religious over um, using Camden tablets in my water. I don't treat my water. I'm not smart enough, um, but I use Camden tablets because um, our chloramine levels go up and down so badly. Um, and, uh, so sadly that quarantine batch I was telling you about, all three of them got infected because there was a spike in chloramine that weekend and it was the most tragic thing ever. Um, and so I was making, I literally just gotten a grain father and was really excited and I was making a beer and everything's mashing. And I was like, I forgot the goddamn Camden tablet. And then speaking of like going back to the topic of like effectively mansplaining, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a, like, a forum, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna look up, can you add Camden tablets during the mash and everything? Spoiler alert, you can't. I'm just gonna cut to the chase there. But there was this guy (laughs) who was like, well, you should have a checklist on every brew day. I have a checklist every brew day, and here are the steps that I follow, and you should do this. And, And I'm like, dude, the guy was literally just asking, I made this mistake, is it too late or can i put in the camden tablet now we don't need to hear about your brew day you have to put the camden tablet in like 24 hours before or something like that right i i've read it depends on what you're making i've read for beer um because what you're trying to do is get the chloramine out it's pretty Mm -hmm. instantaneous so i put it in beginning of my brew day when the water's heating up what i need it for it's going to do if you're doing it for and if any listeners have like better insight on this please write in but if you're doing it for like kind of water treatment and all of that kind of stuff to like make button water or whatever you need that 24 hours Hmm. i mean that and that's what i've read i you know the internet is a crazy place with lots of misinformation um i just know that any batch i've used a camden tablet for i've never had that off flavor again nice so i mean who knows Hmm. it's it's science (laughs) (laughs) science science i ignore the science so much in brewing Yes. You know, I, I used to have a to-do list, and then, I don't know, I never looked at it, so it just became useless. <laughs> <laughs> that guy gets I had it, yeah, I had it, because I kept forgetting stuff. I was like, all right, let me write it down, make a to-do list, and then I never looked at it. No, but I still le- I learned my lesson. I think mm-hmm. making the list, the act of making mm-hmm. a list helps solve the problem. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've changed up my process since getting uh, the grandfather because I will say on the propane burner, like the water heats up a lot quicker uh, than yes. the grandfather. Um, but I'm not getting through as much energy, which is nice. But um, I now have a routine of I'll go outside, fill up the grandfather with the water I need, add the Camden tablet, and then my wife and I drive 20 minutes to our favorite coffee place and get coffee. And then come back and the water's the temperature I need it to be. So like that's the routine of like I know at this point I'm adding my Camden tablet because then I go and get my delightful cup of coffee from Corvus. Nice. You uh, brew beer, but you don't brew coffee. Uh, and we just took a <laughs> we just took a coffee brewing course. Um, so we do brew our coffee during the week, um, but uh, the. You're doing a cute cafe weekend thing. It's a cute. We don't go in the cafe because we take the dog with us. But like the coffee they make is so so good, and we used to live right by there. So that's kind of like our weekend routine of like, oh, we're gonna be like husband and wife and go. No, get coffee. your coffee is the most important thing in the whole world. It, really, before or after beer? Uh, I would yeah. say before beer. Yeah. Before, sorry, <laughs> I'll, give beer. I'll give up beer before I give up coffee. Yeah. I'll drink cider. Just kidding. <laughs> I'd, I'd give up coffee before I gave up tea, but I don't know about beer. I think beer's gonna stay. Ideally, beer stays. 
Okay, we can yeah. we, we, we can have like the uh, the pick me up and we can have the depressant and then we're balanced. Water maybe can go. No, <laughs> beer is mostly water. We'll yeah, I was gonna say like the ninety nine percent of the ingredients can just be <laughs> the, like I'm just eating dry oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for like uh, swinging by the the homebrew pub. Where can people find the podcast? Where can people find you on the socials? All of that fun stuff. Well, we're on a little break, but we're coming back with season four, um, end of next month. Nice. Yeah. And where you do can people find, find us? us. <laughs> <laughs> you are so we mostly interact with social media media via instagram so our instagram is at brewed up podcast brood is spelled without an e at the end so it's b-r-e-w-d um and we do have an email but like whatever don't worry about uh, yeah don't <laughs> the spelling did trip me up when i was first setting this google meet Sorry. Just so you know. <laughs> it was you know a cute fun thing that you know later on is close problems it more difficult yeah but <laughs> at brewed up podcast and our podcast um airs on most podcast platforms so apple podcast google podcast spotify all that fun stuff um our personal instagram mine is tyler's brew uh, Lori, i don't know if you want to give yours out but mine's on prive right now but <laughs> um Prive. pop into the brewed up, brewed up podcast and let's be friends Cool. yeah well so and i'll put a link to the brewed up uh podcast instagram along with thank your you. homebrew club um in the show notes thank you so much thank appreciate you. it yes awesome huge thank you to tyler and laurie from brewed up podcast for coming on please do go check it out uh the podcast is really really fun along with a lot of great information and some amazing guests um and please go check out the recipes in the show notes and i'll also have a link to the homebrew club and the recipes for the beers they added to the tap list and of course, thank you so much for listening. If you could leave us a five-star review wherever it is you get your podcast, that'll just help other people find the show. If you want to reach out to us, possibly come on and share a pint with me. You can reach us at our website, thehomebrewpub.com, or email landlord at thehomebrewpub.com, or on social, at thehomebrewpub on Instagram and Twitter. And if, like me, you hate those annoying ads, well, we've got to keep the lights on here at the Homebrew Pub somehow. So consider joining our Patreon and becoming a Mug Club member. For $3 a month, you'll get access to ad-free versions of the episodes. But until then, grab your favorite pint, put your feet up, relax, don't worry, and have a homebrew. Till next time. Cheers.